Welcome back, listeners, to Everywhere We Go, the home of all things FPL Draft. This week, let me introduce you to the first episode in an eight-part special on the World Cup. Me and Jose will be chatting through all the upcoming groups, bringing a tactical analysis along with an outlook on fantasy. Although FPL will be taking a break over the World Cup, I'm sure many of you will be playing the official FIFA Fantasy. If not, then I'm sure we'll all be watching, even if you're taking a well-deserved break from fantasy. This World Cup has really come around the corner out of nowhere. So listening to these will allow you to brush up on uh, info about all the teams, obscure and front runners. Not sure who's taking Saudi Arabia's free kicks or want to know the background about Canada's manager? We've got you covered. Joining me in the room today and throughout all these exclusive episodes, welcome on board, Jose. How's it going? Very well, Will. I'm very excited for the World Cup. Yeah. It's, um, it's always a great time of the year, even though maybe this one is clouded by some things, but... I'm sure we'll cover that in some detail. Um, you're, you're a big... Out of all my friends, I feel like you're the most World Cup obsessed. Well, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's a really special time when so many nations, I think, get together and there's this kind of cohesion around football and community right. that I think is really special. Yeah, it, especially as someone who immigrated from a different country. Yeah. It's this huge time of kind of pride and... And support that you you feel kind of emanating from your from every moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll we'll get on to our our, our uh, what's your best World Cup memory, and I'm sure we'll get into it. Uh, it just off the bat, Jose is a big Mexico fan. I'm a Wales fan, even though I speak in the poshest English accent possible. Um, so you know, big World Cups for both of us this year. Um, let's just quickly get through the boring stuff. Um, the fantasy this year, we're doing the official FIFA World Cup fantasy. Um, we're going over to the dark side a little. On this podcast, we are we are draft oriented, um, but this is a this is a normal FPL budget standard draft. Jose, can you just give some background into the sort of um, point scoring that's going to be involved in this fantasy? It's a little bit different to normal FPL, isn't it? Yeah, there are some exciting um, differences. As in midfielders actually get a point for every three tackles, they get an extra point. Nice for every two key passes, they get an extra point. Normal five points for a, for a goal from a striker. Normal points for a clean sheet, etc. From uh, from defenders, but it's something to consider when we're talking about midfielders. Obviously, in normal FPL, you just go for goal involvements. But this, I actually prefer. It gives a nice, well-rounded um, team, well, well-rounded dynamic to the players you can you can select. Um, so this week, uh, listeners, we're going to go through Group A. Kick it off, Group A. Why not? Um, but just before we do it, Jose, what is your best World Cup memory? I'm actually going to go with quite a recent one okay. that is in the 2014 world cup mexico beat germany 1-0 uh-huh. and that was such an extraordinary day such an extraordinary feeling just beating the world champions um when no one really gave us a chance uh, it, it was it, yeah it was quite a fun it was a really fun day and it was I, I felt really proud of being mexican yeah yeah i think uh i think my one uh just off the bat here i'm sure i'll, I'll listen to this back and think why didn't i say another one but I, the, the, the one uh, memory that always brings me back to the World Cup is that, and it again involves Mexico, is that Shabalala goal. Oh, yeah. Just, I remember being like 12 years old watching the World Cup. First game in South Africa. Vuvuzela is blaring throughout the stadium. And just that goal, just setting the Atlas, taking the roof off the place. It was unbelievable. I think everyone was cheering against Mexico. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which rarely moment. happens. Yeah, because we're usually an underdog, but... Um... I remember when we drew that game, we kind of felt like villains because to deny South Africa and that goal <laughs> win yeah. was quite harsh. What a goal it was. I'm sure you guys have got your own World Cup memories. Um, but uh, let's kick it off then with the with Group A. 
um, and with the host nation, Qatar. This is only the beginning. So, Jose, you've done some research on Qatar. Yes, Qatar. Uh, give us, give us the lowdown. Well, a uh, goal in Qatar is a hadaf, so they'll be celebrating. They'll hope to be celebrating a lot of hadafs. Okay, um, they're fiftieth in world ranking. This is their first World Cup, which uh-huh. they qualified to automatically as hosts. Um, they are made up mostly of players that play in the Qatar Stars League. Right. What um, is that? Is that a local league? Yeah, that's the main Qatari league. Cool. The, the biggest team and the majority of the squad is from Al-Had. Players are uh, naturalized. Right. They, so explain that. So in 2004, uh, Qatar founded something called the Aspire Academy. Right. Which is basically um, an, an academy founded to promote Qatari sport. Cool. And... They have links to football clubs in England, Spain, uh, and Belgium that they send their players sometimes out on loan to gain some experience. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of their current squad and the kind of their most successful sides have come from the Aspire Academy. In 2014, the under-19 team won the AFC under-19 championships for the first time ever. Okay. Uh, And all of their players were from the Aspire Academy. So they've got quite a young squad then. Yes, yeah, and yeah, it, it, they actually play quite an exciting and really cohesive team because they've played with each other for so long. Yeah. Their manager was himself the under-19s coach that was then promoted, and he worked in the Aspire Academy. So cool. they've really played with each other for for a very, very long time. Yeah, and what's their form like going into this tournament? They won for the first time in their history... The Asia Cup in 2019, they beat Japan in the final. Nice. They went unbeaten with 19 goals uh, scored and only one conceded. Uh, They also have played against other competition. Uh, So they played in the Copa America Mm. uh, in 2021 and the CONCACAF Gold Cup as well. Uh, Just because because they haven't had any qualifiers, they've had to fill their schedule up somehow. They... They beat Egypt in penalties in the Arab Cup as well. Nice. Um, and in in terms of like their opposition in this group, they've played Ecuador in 2018 and beat them. And the the Aspire Academy has a remote section in Senegal, so maybe they'll get some doing some research. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so their play style then is it a sort of direct sort of style or? Yeah, very very direct. So right. they play. They're in the 97th percentile for long passes per game. Oof. And they, yeah, they, they hoof it a lot. <laughs> they, they don't like possession at all. Like, they're in the bottom 9% for possession. Right. And average around 46%. Okay. Um, I mean, in this, in this group, you've got Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. That could play into their hands somewhat. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think that um, they can definitely break and maybe cause some, some trouble for some of these sides that... Um, might not be <laughs> so happy to do the work at the back. Yeah. Um. So going forward, then, uh, if we just uh, pivot to the fancy side of it, what sort of players are you going to look to get in, considering your Qatar side? I mean, not many are that well known, obviously. But what sort of key players are you looking out for? I'm looking for two really. Okay. Um, Almaz Ali and Akram Afif. 
Okay. Um, they're both both four point um, five mil on fantasy, so on the low end. Yeah, exactly. Um, both it, forwards. Indeed, and they're both like young. They're both very good. Their goals uh, plus assists per ninety in twenty twenty two for Qatar are for Akram Afif are one point zero eight. Yeah, and for. Almoez Ali, who will be taking pens, nice. are 0.73. Um, so they're really, one of them is averaging, obviously, will average three points per game. Mm. But it's it's really about if you if you believe that they'll cause these other sides trouble. Yeah, and we'll get to the other sides. But, you know, there's the two forwards, especially, to look out for if you've got a little bit of your budget left. I don't imagine you'll be getting in many of the defenders or midfielders. Uh, next, though, let's move on to Senegal. So, well, I hello. You did some some research on Senegal. I'm uh, a big Senegal fan. Really, always have been. Um, so, Senegal this year, obviously, they're Afcon champions. Um, won that final against Egypt, and then they beat Egypt out to qualify to the World Cup. Double whammy. Hurts yeah. that. Um, they are the 18th ranked side in the world. Um, they participated in two World Cups before, 2002 and 2018. They failed to make it out of the groups in 2018, but made it to the quarterfinals in 2002 on their debut. That's the best result by uh, an African side ever, isn't it? It I must be, because yeah. Ghana nearly got to the semis, was it, on that Uruguay? yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Captain Koulibaly um, plays for Chelsea. Uh, obviously, Mendy in goal as well. Manager Alou Cisse. On set pieces, you've got Saab. But the main thing is here, listeners, and I'm sure you're aware, Sadio Mane is a doubt for this uh, for the for the World Cup. He's been injured on uh, on playing for Bayern. Not sure what the extent of the injury is at the moment. However, the reason I bring this up is that. It is very. He's very integral to the way they play. Um, it's interesting with um, Senegal. They they utilize Koulibaly as a deep lying playmaker. Um, basically, as they're playing out from the back, he will turn or uh, he'll get the ball and then distribute it to wide players, normally either Mane or Saar, um, which is interesting. So, I mean, could I, I might consider getting Koulibaly in, um, for, especially for the group stages, not the strongest of opposition in this group. Defensively, they don't really press with that much intensity. They like to play the sort of direct football and a very, very dangerous on counterattacks. Um, however, yes. Yeah, so with Mane missing, I mean, he's got six goals and three assists for for Bayern this season. Um, he was second in Ballon Ballon d'Or voting behind um, Benzema, but I do worry for them without him. Yeah, I I think any team would miss a player of his quality, obviously. And I mean, he's so important to everything they do. I feel like in the World Cup as well, when some it becomes so much more about emotion as well. Yeah, you want that emotional talisman and what he can bring to the team. Exactly. Again, pivoting to fantasy, Mane is 8.5 million. I wouldn't recommend getting him in for the first couple of games. Could be worth picking up Saar. It's Mela Saar. Yeah. Played, obviously, Watford striker um, or winger. He's very, very talented. Um, in his last eight games for Senegal, he has three goals and one assist. However, I think without uh, Mane, a lot, a lot more burden will be on his shoulders. It'll be up to him to see whether he can rise to that. Um, it remains to be seen if he'll be taking penalties or not. Mane is obviously normally the penalty taker. Um, he could slot into that role. Aside from that, um, Dia is 5 million. He's a starting striker. It's good value. Two goals and one assist in five games. Um, but yeah, I am a little bit worried about Senegal now that Mane's injured. Do you do you see them, if he gets back to form, do you see them being maybe like a dark horse team and could 
could you potentially see Issy Saar becoming like a breakout player? He's definitely one to keep an eye on. I remember he's sort of similar player to maybe like an Isak that had a mm. breakout, um, was it World Cup or Euros? Euros. Yeah. Um, and so these things could happen. It's sort of, it's kind of set out for him to be like that. Obviously, Senegal are a good team, one of the better, te- well, well, the best team of the African nations, but still worries. And um, it depends if Mane can come back or not. There are rumours that he may be able to come back for sort of the second or third game. If it's the third game and, you know, they've they've got a draw two draws maybe they haven't lost a game and they managed to get a win then yeah that is that is something to consider but until then I think maybe stay away from well, yeah, they, they're, they start against the Netherlands so they probably have their hardest game first yeah. and if they're missing Mane for that um, mm. that could that could make a huge difference to the outcome of the group yeah um, as again mentioning Koulibaly 5.5 mil I think he could be a good asset there apart from the Netherlands game in the first week um, the rest of these teams are kind of struggling up top but um, yeah, uh, let's move on though to um, um, controversy mired Ecuador. So Jose, Ecuador, I say controversy mired because they nearly didn't make it to this World Cup, did they? No, they yeah, they, they nearly didn't make it. They... It was up to the International Court of Arbitration for Sport to decide whether they had played an eligible player. Uh, and it turns out they did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> they they, we will did. be seeing them in the World Cup, yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you think they're going to get on? I really like this Ecuadorian side. Really? I think they could cause a lot of problems, okay. especially to like the big two teams, the Netherlands and uh, Senegal. They, they're a really young team. Uh, they're ranked 44th in the world. This okay. is the fourth World Cup they'll be at, uh, and their best result ever was in 2006 when they made it to out of the group to the round of 16. I reckon they could maybe better that. I, really? Yeah, I reckon they could make it out of the group and maybe cause um, even England some problems mm. if, if they come out second of this group and England come out first of theirs. Yeah. Um, their best player of all time <laughs> is uh, Alberto Spencer who's the record goal scorer for the Libertadores Cup of all time. Nice. His nickname was El Cabeza Magica, which <laughs> means the magic head. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he is the only player to be capped, uh, goal scorer to be capped by two countries simultaneously. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he played for both Uruguay and Ecuador. So they kind of have a they kind of have a history of doing this sort of, you know. Yeah, exactly. Having <laughs> a player sort of thing. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> no. Uh, but so what's their form going into this? Um, they they were, they finished fourth in in qualifying, which right. is the last uh, automatic uh, place. Uh-huh. They were the second highest scores, scoring team after Brazil. Whoa! Uh, basically finishing with the same amount of goals as Argentina. Uh, Interesting. In, yeah. In the last Copa America, though, they didn't do very well. Right. <laughs> they did not win a single game and were knocked out by Argentina three 0 Ah. Uh, but. They've not conceded in their past five friendlies, including teams such as Nigeria that might uh, be similar to Senegal, Saudi Arabia and Japan. Yeah, um, both strong teams, Saudi Arabia and Japan in yeah, the World exactly. Cup. Exactly, both World Cup teams. And Saudi Arabia as well might, might share some similarities to Qatar, for example. Yeah. Um, and they beat, they beat Nigeria in them. Uh, they've only lost one time in the last 10 games, so they're really in flying form. Like they they went unbeaten against Argentina and Brazil this year. Wow, 
Um, and so, just if we go to fantasy quickly, um, what sort of uh, players do you reckon you could get in? I mean, obviously you're big on this team, but who would you get in? I would really go in for Moises Caicedo, the Brighton player. Yeah. I think he's really, really good. And he he's, like, central to this team, both in defense and attack. He might get you the points for the tackles made and for also go- goals and assists. Yeah, he's only 5.5 mil on, on fantasy. He might be a steal. Could be a good asset there. Um, anyone else you got your eyes on? Um, Captain Ener Valencia takes penalties, but <laughs> he's also missed <laughs> quite a few of them. Uh, yeah, the old West Ham man, he's... He's actually been on good form for Fenerbahce this season in scoring 13 goals. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he, he he he's really vital to the side. He's the captain. It's useful. The reason why we keep bringing up um, penalty takers, etc., listeners, is because, you know, in these games, if you have one of these players and they win a penalty, and also I feel like set pieces as well are quite quite useful in in World Cups. So this is why we can't keep on bringing them up. But um, so you, do you reckon Ecuador make it out of the group here? Um, I reckon they could. Also, one last player is uh, Stupinian. The Stupinian. Yeah, Stupinian. Um, he's he's he he's also quite good. And basically, the, because of the way that Ecuador play, their threat usually comes from the wings. Right. With Stupinian on the left and Brian Castillo on the right, so they they'll really try to push the wingers up. Yeah. In. The only thing I would watch though, uh, very very <laughs> vividly, would be those yellow cards because. They're in the ninety fourth percent, ninety seventh percentile for fouls. Okay, okay. So they, yeah, don't you don't want to be getting those players and getting minus one, minus ones for those. Uh, moving on though to the uh, the front runners for this group. So Will, hello. My cousins are Dutch. Should be should they be <laughs> excited about this team? Your Dutch cousins? Um, yes, they should be. I think um, it's an interesting team. They're the eighth ranked side in the world. Participated in ten World Cups. Best finish being second in seventy four, seventy eight, and obviously two thousand and ten. Most recently, they failed to qualify for the twenty eighteen competition, which was quite funny. Yeah. Um, they lost in the Euros to Czech, the Czech Republic in the round of sixteen, but it was a disappointing. Um, tournament for them. Even though they won all their group games, they were quite poor. Uh, Captain Van Dijk, manager Louis Van Gaal, and then Memphis Depay is on their set pieces and penalties. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, uh, disappointing sort of run uh, run a form for Holland in the late uh, 2010s and in those that Euro. So Van Gaal took over um, in August 2021. Back again. Yeah, back again for the third time, I believe. And they, um, they've not lost since he's been there. Uh, 11 wins and four draws. So, so this is an interesting team. I think what the most interesting thing about it is, a lot of these um, international sides, as as we'll come to discuss, are they're very, um, as we discussed about Senegal, they're very based around sort of key players, um, which is good and bad. In international games, a lot of the time, key players win you the match. It's it's unlike uh, less. It's kind of unlike a Premier League season where you build a whole system and these players sort of slot in. And in international games, you have what six, five, five or six games to win. And sometimes the best players can do that. Um, but with Holland, they, they, they don't get me wrong, they do have a, a, a plethora of good players. However, it's a great system that they've got going here. 
very inspired by the uh, the Ajax to- total football approach. Um, a lot of rotation in midfield, which is really interesting. Will there be a lot of? Will there? Do you reckon there'll be rotation at the goalkeeper spot when they when when it comes to extra time? <laughs> the the Louis van Gaal 2014 Tim Krul switch. <laughs> well, that that could be one to consider, but um, <laughs> but but in goal um, recently, um, Pasvir has uh, he's not actually in the game yet, listeners. Um, but he started the last two games for, for the Netherlands, and he's very integral to the way they play. He's very good at the way they play out the back. Um, so definitely, he definitely consider getting him in. But yeah, the way they play basically, they have um, they push up their centre backs quite a lot. They take one, especially Ake, drive up the pitch, and then with a midfield of um, of a, a rotation of midfield of Gak, Gakpo, De Jong, Klassen, Blind, and Dumfries, they can all play in this three and play any role, which is really good. Um, and then they have um, Timber in defence. Who kind of acts as like a sweeper, but playing in front of the back four um, or three, so that can smother the opposition. And they're very high pressing. So effectively, what I'm trying to say is, these guys have lots of good players that you cannot go for in fantasy. Obviously, Memphis Depay is um, a good, a great asset. 8.5 mil. Um, he started all four games in the Euro, scoring twice and getting one assist. However, he's only played twice for Barcelona this season. Yeah, so he's not in flying form for them. Someone who is in flying form, though. Cody Gakpo, oh, seven yeah. mil. I love him. He's got so his form this season is nine goals and twelve assists from thirteen games. I mean that is great numbers. He'll play in the ten for Holland, um, and you know he's got two goals in five games for his country. I think he should definitely be someone that you're going to get in your team. Um, another one that I'm considering is Daily Blind. Yes, Daily Blind is a defender in the game, but he plays in midfield for the Netherlands. So I love these little players that that could get you some more points. Um, so, well, how do you think they'll do? I'm very um, optimistic for the Netherlands this time around. They're in really good form at the moment. They uh, did well in the Nations League. Um, so I, I, I think that you could get some of these assets in and they will stay in your team for a while, which is quite good. Um, a lot of these other teams may have players that you know could be frisky in the group stages, but this, these, these guys could be in the, in the tournament to the late, later stages. So I would definitely recommend getting some of them in. Uh, pass, as, I ven- as I mentioned, Passivere is definitely one to keep an eye out for. Um, and you know, and also you could go for Van Dijk and, and uh, Ake at the back. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think they're definitely a team to look out for. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so let's just fit this cap this group off then. Group A, who will top the group, Jose? I think Senegal will top the group without Mane. Yeah, but they've been very successful in official, in official competition, and I feel like they, they've had their coach for a long time, and Mane will come back, and I think they'll. Roll if they on. can, if they can get a draw against the Netherlands, then yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. But for me, it's just it's no doubt the Netherlands. I think, mm. in years past, I could see why you would doubt them, but I think they're in really good form at the moment. They have a really exciting squad, and as I said, it's not a team which is based off one or two players. I mean, maybe in the past it was Memphis Depay. Now it's a whole team of just, of really, Van Dyke's World first World Cup as well. Yeah, I'm just, I'm doubting the rest of that defense though, because I feel like Van Dyke and Dumfries are playing really well, but they could be exposed, I think, but especially by some of these quicker sides on the, on the, on the wings. So, just linking into that, which player do you think is the best pick for fantasy here? I reckon Moises Caicedo. You reckon Caicedo? Yeah, I reckon he'll be, he'll be very good. That 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 mach- that engine in the middle. I think for me personally, it's a tough one. I'm gonna say Pasvir in goal for the Netherlands. I I really like the idea of having him at the back there. Um, at all Gakpo seven mil. 
which and he'll probably you know he's going to start every game for them in the ten. I don't know if you can find a better value midfielder for seven million. Um, any sleepers in this? And what's the sleeper team in this? The dark horse. It's Ecuador, but um, I think amongst the top three, it'll be. I think this will be a good group. They'll play very entertaining football, all of them. Yeah. Well, apart from maybe Qatar and their hoofing and long balls. <laughs> But um, I think the rest of the games will be quite exciting and yeah and close. Thanks for joining me, Jose. Thanks for having me. Next up, guys, tomorrow we're going to release the uh, Group C preview, which is Poland, Mexico, Argentina, and Saudi Arabia. So keep an ear out and, uh, and an eye out for that on the Twitter. Um, hope you enjoyed listening. And yeah, see you. Bye.